0: welcome back to the troop leader experience podcast i am really excited about today's episode because um i get to introduce to you or she's gonna introduce herself um a really special person i mean you're all special but this is special because she is actually helping me with this podcast and cultivating this community and everything like that. Now, by the time this airs on the podcast, you've actually already met her because we are, after we record this, we are actually also going to be doing some cookie content for you. And that's actually going to air first. So you've actually already met her, but in today's episode, you get to get to know a lot more about her. Anyways, I've talked enough without further ado, tell us about you, where are you from and how are you involved with Girl Scouts?
1: Thank you. Um, So my name is Jamil. I am from Tampa, Florida, and I am a troop leader in Girl Scouts of West Central Florida. I also serve as a service unit manager um, for my local um, Girl Scouts, and I'm also a global action volunteer team member. So in this capacity, I get to be a part of putting on activities from World Thinking Day to celebrating International Day of the Girl, Um, to being a part of our travel troops, um, to taking girls on virtual visits around the world. Um, I'm also a member of our CEO Roundtable, which is a really cool um, program that our council offers where volunteers are able to give feedback to our CEO. And over the years, I've served as a delegate and an alternate. Okay, I had to pause because I was taking notes, because that's
0: a lot of things. And Um, I mean, I feel like there's probably enough experience and material here that all of those different hats that you've worn and all of those different roles that you have participated in in Girl Scouts and currently are participating in could probably be their own episodes. But let's start with troop stuff. So tell us what grade level of girls you're working with and how many.
1: So I currently have a troop of eight seniors. They are ninth grade girls. Um, I've had some of them since they were kindergartners. So I started the troop, um, 10 years ago with my daughter and uh, yeah, so we have, um, we have girls who have gone to school together, who've, um, been friends and other activities, but we sort of stuck together over the past 10 years, um, through Girl Scouts, which has been really cool.
0: Seniors is amazing. I, um, it's funny actually. Now that I think about it, the girls in my troop who just abandoned me no, I'm just kidding. The girls in my troop that, um, just recently disbanded, they are in eighth grade. And I was just having this weird moment of realizing that they're going to be in high school next year. And I just, like, my mind is blown. I, I, I can't even handle it. I just, to me, they're still brownies. Like, I don't know how this happened. Anyways. As a, a volunteer who's worked with these girls for a long time and you now have this group, eight is pretty good, a good size of ninth graders. Do you have any tips or advice or lessons learned about older girl retention?
1: I think um, when I think of older girl retention, which is something I've been very focused on in my service unit over the past couple of years, I think the key is to really allow the program to um continue to be girl-led. I think when the girls see Girl Scouts as an opportunity to do the things they want to do, to try the things they want to do, to explore the places they want to go, to make the friendships they want to make and the connections they want to make, then they're more inclined to stay. Um, And I really think that's why I've sort of held on to my girls because Girl Scouts has looked a little different over the last couple of years as they've gotten older. But I think what's super important is that they get to choose and decide what they want Girl Scouts to be for them. Um, and I think that is sort of the advice I would give anyone, especially girls who are um, who are older.
0: That is very good advice. I like that a lot. Let's back up a little bit. Were you involved in Girl Scouts when you were growing up?
1: So I was. Um, growing up, I had two sisters. Um, one is 11 months older than I, and one is four years younger. Um, and my mom was our Girl Scout troop leader, and it was super special because my mom worked a ton. Um, she put us all through private school, so she worked her pants off. Um, and when she came home, you know, she was very present, that sort of thing. Um, and she would take us to activities, but Girl Scouts was different because she was an active part of it. And so that was super special to me, super special to my sisters, um, because that was the one thing that we sort of shared with her outside of, you know, just our regular mother daughter relationship. And I remember growing up, my mom was super crafty. I mean, to this day, she's got a full Joan fabric store in her basement where she sews and she quilts and she can build anything she wants. Um, and I just remember being in Girl Scout parades when I was younger and we always had the best gear. And it was very 90s. So, you know, iron on transverse and puffy paint. And I just thought it was the coolest thing that my mom sort of had us stand out as Girl Scouts um, in the parades with all these really cool, um, with all this really cool swag. But yes, it was, it was very special. Um having my mom as my troop leader and even my sister, she has had three Girl Scout troops. So she started one before she had her own children and she graduated that troop from Brownies all the way through ambassadors. And then she started another one. So her first troop was in Girl Scouts of Western PA. Then she started another troop in Girl Scouts of Northeast Ohio. And now that her daughters are at the age where they can um, participate in Girl Scouts, she started a troop with her own daughters. Um, So, you know, we like to think of it as sort of a family tradition, uh, the whole Girl Scout experience.
0: Yeah, big time. What made you decide to get involved as a volunteer? And why do you continue to do it year over year?
1: Um, So back when my daughter was four, I was volunteering with my sister up in PA with her Girl Scout tribe, and I had decided to move back to Florida and my sister was devastated and she said, if you're going to take my niece away from me, you have to make sure she joins Girl Scouts because it would it was right at the age where she was old enough to go to kindergarten and my sister was excited to, to Girl Scout with her and so when I came back to Florida, I started looking into it and... I decided if I wanted her to have a similar experience to what I had, I would have to create that. And so I became her troop leader. Um, It's really interesting though, because when I came to Florida, I didn't really know anyone. And so while it was a great way for my daughter to make new friends and to, you know, join a large sisterhood, it was also a great way for me to make friends. Um, And most of my close friends now are Um, people I've met through Girl Scouts, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, I love that. I always say, I've said this on this podcast before, but I always say I love the adult community and Girl Scouts because I'm a really huge believer in spending time with people who remind you of who you want to be in the world and how you want to show up. And for me, Girl Scouts provides me with this network of people, and I'll be honest, primarily women, this network of women who remind me of of who I want to be and how I want to be in this world. So, yeah, I think that's really, really valuable. So what's one of your proudest moments as a volunteer in any
1: of your roles? (laughs) There are so many. Um, I think sort of generally, I love that my girls will come to me with an issue, but also with a solution. So they'll say, hey, Ms. Jamil, they're not doing this in my school. So I decided to talk to my principal and now we're going to do this. Or we didn't have this, but I felt like it was super important for this group of people. So I spoke up and I said we needed, you know, to do this. Um, I think it's something special within the Girl Scout program where girls can not only identify problems, not only develop a solution, but be a part of that solution. So there's been so many of those moments um, over the last 10 years. Recently, I was volunteering at um, our local high school, and I have a handful of girls who attend. And they were having a club meeting um, for um, the LGBTQ plus um, an ally group. And one of my Girl Scouts was in the room. I was volunteering at the desk. She walked in the room and other people were coming in and it was their first meeting of the year and everyone just looked so nervous and, you know, apprehensive and not quite sure what it was about. And she was welcoming them, this freshman, just saying, hey, I'm such and such. It's nice to meet you. I'm so glad you're here. And she's probably one of the youngest people in the rooms. She didn't know these these other students but she just had this great leadership presence. I just felt so proud that she could create that safe, comfortable space for those people, um, and make them feel welcome. And I was just so proud of, of who she was in that moment.
0: That's so beautiful. I love it. What is one of your coolest adventures or experiences that you've gotten to do with your troop or in any capacity, because you've also been involved as a delegate and with your travel troops and things, I'm sure you've got a lot of uh, cool adventures, but tell me one or a few of them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so we definitely did the classic Girl Scout trip to Savannah and that was amazing. Um, We did of course um, visit Julia Gordon Lowe's birthplace. We also went to first headquarters um, we went to Tybee Island. We went to Leopold's Ice Cream. We did the, go- the ghost tours um, with the horse-drawn carriages. We ate at all the cool foodie spots. It was amazing. But the coolest part of that trip was that those girls had saved up over years to pay for it. And they paid for, um, for everything from their travel expenses to their Airbnb. So at the time, we could use Airbnbs um, in our council to their spending money to their meals to their money to buy patches because we did so many patch programs um so it was really cool to see girl scout programming at work in real life you know they had set this goal they had committed to it it was a long term goal and that can be hard for younger children we we took them at the end of their 5th grade year that can be really hard to think about um you know, setting a goal for a few years. Um, So the girls had to be really patient and very strategic with their spending. Um, But that was so much fun. Um, We did as much as we could, but we also had some great downtime. It was just a great bonding experience. Um, And I think it's why, you know, our friendships and our sisterhood has stayed so strong. I also more recently um, took our girls on a virtual visit to... Heidelberg, Germany. And we did the Heidelberg, Germany program patch through Girl Scouts overseas. And that was really neat because they were able to learn about a new place, virtually visit. But the coolest part was that we were able to connect with Girl Scouts in Heidelberg and they joined us on the call and they were able to give us some insights about the cool things that they get to do. Um, and they also got to ask our kids questions. So that was super neat meeting Girl Scouts who had only Girl Scouted, um, in Heidelberg. Um, it was, it was really cool. So I have to ask with the
0: Savannah trip and the girls earning all the money, was that primarily all cookie money or did you do other money earning? Like, That is one thing that always perplexed me as a troop leader of feeling like, oh, my gosh, how could we possibly sell enough cookies to fund a whole trip? And granted, you're a lot closer to Savannah than I am, but it's still a good trip.
1: Yeah, so it was all cookie money, actually. So it was something we decided on around second grade, I believe. And so we just sort of kept money in our bank account, but we also said we're going to spend, you know, a certain percentage, I can't remember what it was on activities throughout the year, but we kept other, um, you know, other money tucked away uh, for our long-term goal, which was this mana trip. And I will say that, you know, we were able to drive because it it is a driving, um, within driving distance for us in Tampa. We also did, um, the Airbnb was a great option. And I'll tell you why I love that. All the girls the house that we rented was, you know, a couple floors, but the top floor had sort of like this completely finished attic space. Um, It was carpeted. It was really nice. And so all the girls could be in the room with each other. And it was just every night like a giant sleepover. Um, And I love that over girls sort of matching up in hotel rooms and being split off from each other. It was just really great for them to spend quality time, um, You know with with each other with their sisters Um, but yeah we saved up over a few years um, and we were just very mindful with our spending and when we planned to the scent i mean we booked ahead of time Um, we you know made our reservations we probably over budgeted Um, and it was a lot easier to do cookie booths at that age because the girls weren't as as involved You know, now trying to get ninth graders who are involved in anything and everything um, at a cookie booth can be challenging. But at that age, you know, they're only in a couple of activities and their schedules are pretty open. So we did a ton of cookie booths. Gotcha.
0: Well, you and I are going to talk so much more about cookies after we record this. And again, even though if you're listening, you've hopefully already heard our cookie content, just the difference in the order that we're recording, which is kind of funny, but I am so curious about so many things, cookies. And I know we all are because it's cookie season, but let's move on. Tell me at least one, if not more than one of your craziest or
1: silliest Girl Scout memories. Okay, this is a pretty good one. So there is, you know, I live in Florida. I actually wasn't born in Florida, I was born in Ohio. So, one of the things I haven't quite adjusted to are the tiny lizards that are everywhere. And so, there's, you know, a running joke that I'm terrified of them, um, which is funny because I am terrified of them. Um, And so, my Girl Scouts, when we go camping, are very aware. And they will catch and, you know, release any lizard that is within X amount of feet of me, which is just awesome. Um, Well, my daughter, we had went to camp one year and my daughter, when we first arrived, it was sort of, it was later in the year. So it was getting dark early and we got out of the car and we were sort of standing around waiting to register and we saw a snake and it was probably her first time seeing a snake in Florida. Um, you didn't, you know, they sort of keep to themselves. You don't typically see them unless you're looking for them. And so that just really, you know, bugged her. And that night we saw, we were staying in a cabin, um, you know, a glamping cabin, almost pretty nice. It was an older cabin, but it had a full kitchen, that sort of thing. And it had rooms with tons of bunk beds. And she saw, you know, a daddy long leg spider up in the corner, um, and at that point, she was just she was done. Um, and so, the next night, she she had a a rough night of sleeping um, because she was just sort of paranoid about the spiders. So the next night, we were at a campfire, and um, we were roasting s'mores and hanging out. And the girls were just sort of ready to go back and just hang out in their own space. And so myself and another mom wanted to sort of stay and connect with the people at the campfire. So my co-leader at the time, um, her and a group of parents decided to take the girls back. When we were getting ready to take them back, we met this other volunteer and she said to us, you know, hey girls, have you ever um, experienced diamond hunting? And, you know, we're all like, no, with, you know, what's diamond hunting? And she showed us this kind of cool trick where if you take a flashlight and you hold it next to your eye against your against your face and you angle it and look down at the ground and it's dark, you look for what she called diamonds, mm-hmm. these things sparkling. So my girls, they have their flashlights, they're holding it next to their eye and you know, they're trying to catch the light to see these things sparkling. And so they're finally starting to see it And they're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. You know, it's a diamonds. And she said, no, those are spider eyes. So, of course, the girls were totally freaked out by that. And they just took off running. Um, and so, you know, in our troupe, we just have all these jokes about um, spiders and diamonds. And whenever a new song is released about diamonds, especially diamonds and girls, um, we always claim it as one of our troop songs, but it's just it's just so funny that um, something we thought would be super cool for the girls to do ended up being something quite not cool for the girls to do. Um, but it's it's neat when you think about. And so it was a cool experience and sort of a, a running joke with my troop and I.
0: I love those experiences that end up becoming like an inside joke. Uh, You had to be there to really appreciate how much it's just the shared experience. And I think overnights in general, and especially camp, like that really brings out the shared experiences in our groups, but travel too, for sure. So, um, yeah, that was an awesome story. Thank you for sharing. Okay, what's one of your biggest challenges that you've faced either as a troop leader or in any of your roles?
1: I think now as a troop leader, one of my biggest challenges um, is definitely getting my girls together. They are girls who have been Girl Scouts since they were either in kindergarten or first grade. So they are involved in any and everything as I mentioned earlier. So sometimes it can be hard um, trying to find a time where they all can get together and they all can meet, um, and there are oppor- there are opportunities to do things where it's just a handful of girls and maybe not the whole troop, um, but you know you never want the girl to feel like she's left out. So it can be sort of challenging trying to schedule shared time um, among the girls. Um, I also think you know now that we're in this. Um, weird, still COVID space. Um, There's a lot of people just sort of unsure about um, new programs and new opportunities. And so I found as a service unit leader, this has been probably the hardest time for me to recruit new girls. Um, I think parents are just, you know, unsure of, you know, how the world's going to operate and things are constantly changing. And to make an investment um, might feel scary or to try something new during these times might feel scary. So I'm finding it's really hard to recruit girls during this time. Um, So that has definitely been a challenge.
0: Yeah. On that note, what is one of your favorite or one of the best resources or support systems? Like what's a go-to for you
1: when you run your troop? Oh my goodness. There are so many great resources. Um, My favorite, however, are great level um, troop level Facebook groups. I love that I can connect with other senior um, Girl Scout troop leaders, or when I was a cadet, there was a great um, cadet resource group on Facebook. You know, there's that old saying, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes my girls are like, hey, we want to do this, but we want to do this, but this isn't quite what I want to do. And sometimes we just need fresh ideas to just get our our thoughts going. And so it's nice to see what other troops are doing. Um, And and other ways they're, you know, doing a take action project for a specific badge or a specific journey, um, because it inspires the girls, you know, a couple years ago, our council held a Helen Starrow event, that sort of mimic the Helen Starro event that happens in um, Switzerland. And it was so cool because the girls were able to dial in and talk to the participants at the actual event. Um, but, but my favorite part was that the girls could talk about issues that were affecting um, our world, our communities here but also hear from these other Girl Scouts and Girl Guys what was affecting their communities. And at the time in Florida, one of the biggest things was red tide. Um, and so there were other people um, on the call after our girls sort of shared, you know, we have this issue in Tampa, you know, where we get all these this runoff water and it's not really good for our environment. It's not great for us when we're trying to enjoy, you know, the beach and the outdoors. But it was cool to hear other girls sort of share their experiences and what their countries and their communities have done to combat um, red tide. And I just thought that was such an invaluable resource to be able to connect with them in another country. And this was pre COVID, you know, pre, you know, the takeoff of Zoom, um, but just the fact that we could use technology to have such a reach and to connect girls. And I think, I believe with the Helen Starrow event, those are sort of young women. So we're talking, you know, maybe 18 to 24. Um, But I think that's such an invaluable resource for the girls and for leaders to sort of hear what other people are doing. And so I found that any opportunity to connect with other people, other troops, other leaders, other volunteers, that's where, that's my go-to.
0: That's awesome. And that's part of what we're trying to do here. So I think that I obviously agree. I think, you know, we're all trying to reinvent the wheel and sometimes it's really helpful to kind of be able to learn from each other's experiences and related. What advice then would you give new troop leaders?
1: Um, I think when you're thinking about starting a new troop, um, when I first started my first year, Um, my daughter was in kindergarten, but I had a couple of first graders and I was intimidated by the idea of a multi-level troop. And so when my girls went into the second year and they were bridging to brownies, um, I passed them on to other troop leaders. And I kind of wish I would have kept those girls. Um, None of them ended up staying in Girl Scouts. I actually reconnected with one recently at a volleyball tournament and her dad was just You know, she just loved that year and, you know, they had wished they had sort of stayed connected because they had really built built friendships. And I didn't quite understand the Girl Scout program at the time. Um, But I think for new leaders, don't be afraid of multi-level troops, especially when they're sort of back to back. So Daisy Brownie, Brownie Jr., that sort of thing. Um, The Girl Scout program is designed so that it's not as difficult as you think it would be. Um, I'm a former teacher so to me I thought of it as having to learn how to teach kindergarten and how to teach first grade and those are two separate skills and so I was very intimidated by that um so if you have girls do what you can to hold on to them um also I think it's important to model as leaders and as volunteers you know what we expect for the girls so I definitely see from a service unit perspective, service unit manager perspective, it's important for troop leaders to be the model um, that they expect the girls to want to follow. Um, you know, I remember I was at a Girl Scout camp. So we created this special club for our cadets called the Cadet Club um, in my service unit. And it was a way for all of the cadets um, in our area to get together. And every quarter, um, they did a social activity, a leadership activity, um, and a service activity. And they could plan and do whatever they wanted. And you know, this was our attempt to make sure that the program stayed girl-led, the girls were still engaged, that they would wanna continue on as seniors. And um, we decided to do what they said they wanted to do their own cadet camping trip. So we went camping and the girls were doing um, a high ropes course. And then they had this zip line that they were doing and they were up there at the top and they would get nervous and the girls would be at the bottom and they were encouraging their sisters, you know, you can do it. You can do it. You're going to be fine. You're going to be safe. Just try it. And the girls one by one were going down the zip line. Um, And then they said, you know, Miss Jamil, you should do it. And I said, sure. You know, standing from the ground, it didn't seem too high um so I went up on the zip line and it was super cool because my daughter was actually the one sort of holding my rope at the bottom so that was really fun but I got up there and I was like oh my gosh this is tall this is pretty high and I remember the person that was running the activity the instructor you know me sort of reasoning with them um and I remember specifically saying you know, the girls are much lighter than I am. So they sort of went down slower. I'm going to fly down this thing. I don't know if this is such a good idea. And the girls were at the bottom, just, Miss Jamil, you can do it and clapping and cheering. And I just thought if they are courageous enough to do it, I want to be courageous enough to do it. Um, and so I went down it and it was scarier than I thought, but it was fun. Um, but I think it's important for, you know, us to model Exactly. So when we have issues among ourselves, disagreements, to let the girls see us work that out. Um, When we are presented with new opportunities and new experiences, you know, we should assess and if possible, we should try them out because that's what we want girls to do. So I think modeling for girls is super important. And then sort of my last piece of advice that I always go back to is to allow the program to be girl-led. You know, if the girls are doing what they want to do, and living the experiences they want to to live, um, then I think their Girl Scout journey will be a long and very happy one.
0: There's so much good advice in all of that, um, so I'm going to piggy off that, piggyback off that. Oh my gosh, what is with me today? I'm going to piggyback off that and say ask a similar question. What advice would you give someone who's considering volunteering for Girl Scouts, like? Should I do it? Is this the time? Anything like that. So
1: the one thing I love about Girl Scouts is that if you have any skill, whether it's working on cars, it's crafting, it's organizing, it's managing finances, it's holding a conversation, it's leading, it's supporting and taking directions. I think you can be a Girl Scout volunteer. As long as you have that drive to support our girls, um, I think anyone can be a volunteer. Um, And so my advice is to sort of figure out where you can fit in, visit your service unit manager, visit your local council, and see where they can use you. Because the world of Girl Scouts really has an immeasurable amount of opportunities for anyone who believes in the power of the girl. Um, And I think sometimes we get intimidated because we think, well, I'm not an expert in this age. I'm not an expert in this age. I don't have any children. Um, I may, you know, I may have all boys at home, uh, but there's space for everybody in the world of Girl Scouts, which is what I love. It's so inclusive. Um, And the other thing is everyone's Girl Scout experience is different. So it's not about you going in and trying to give someone something that you may have had or something that someone else may have had or you've heard about. It's going and helping them figure out their journey. So I think just sort of having an open mind, being courageous um, and just trying to figure out where you fit in. And the other thing is, you know, you don't have to have 10 hours a week. You know, you can volunteer, you know, for one specific event. You can volunteer, you know, once a month for an hour. There's so many ways to volunteer in Girl Scouts. You know, you just got to take that first step.
0: Yes. Okay, we're going to finish off the interview with my favorite question. And that is Girl Scouts does not only help girls grow. It helps adults grow too. What is one way you have been impacted or changed through the experience of volunteering with Girl Scouts? I think
1: I think I have sort of started to see the world through the eyes of my girls. So I think pre Girl Scouts, and this is, you know, I don't know that I necessarily, you know, other people may argue that I had this as a girl, but maybe, you know, in my adult life I'm realizing it late. But when I mentioned earlier how my girls not only can see problems. But they can see their role in finding the solution. I think that impact has definitely rubbed off on me. Um, I just approach things differently now. Um, I see things differently. You know, I try to come with the solution, I try to be a part of that solution. Um, the road is much brighter when you don't necessarily just see problems, but you see opportunities for things to be better. And I really think that that's due to Girl Scouts and to sort of watching my girls become those young women and have those same epiphanies. I also think that I've made the closest of friends to Girl Scouts. Um, And so that's something that's super special. Um, You know, there's just a sisterhood that the girls have that I definitely feel among the volunteers. I can say that um, this past weekend, I went to a program called Camp Greenblood Showcase of Skills, and it was really neat meeting. And the crazy part was we had volunteers from my service unit and troop leaders that I know. There were a ton of people there that I had never seen before that are a part of my council. And then there were probably about 20 or 30 people that I have seen at trainings, at orientations over the past five or six years, but never had the opportunity to sit down and just engage in conversation with. And I remember the CEO came up to me and we were talking and another woman came up and she said, you know, do you know such and such? And I said, well, I know their face. I know their name. Um, I've seen them at everything I've been to, Girl Scout related for the five or six years, but I don't know that we ever had a conversation. And so that that whole weekend when we were kayaking, we were doing outdoor cooking, we were learning about knife skills, and we were doing archery and all sorts of cool um, things, it was so neat to be able to sit down and have conversations with other volunteers and to start developing relationships with them and to start saying, you know, we should get together and do this, and, you know, we should get together and do that, and You know, planning ways to open up the world even more to our girls. So I think, you know, Girl Scouts has definitely given me a sisterhood, the same sisterhood that I hope that I'm giving my girls. It's definitely given to me.
0: Thank you so much for sharing all of this. I feel like, I mean, just so grateful for the connection with you and the opportunity to work with you on this whole project. Um, And I bet that anybody listening is also totally understanding why um, this was just such a good fit and is just as in love with you as I am. So thank you so much for joining me for an interview. Thank you so much for the support that you're already giving the podcast. And um, yeah, that's all I've got for today.
1: Thank you for having me, Sarah.